Got nine minutes to maximize your travel and casino experience? Welcome to ZorkCast, powered by Travel Zork, helping you travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures. From airline miles and hotel points to living in the lap of luxury in a Las Vegas casino, you'll find all the knowledge you need to travel in style. Brought to you in nine minutes or less. Now, please welcome the host of ZorkCast, Michael Mason Traeger. Hello, this is Michael, and welcome back to ZorkCast. Before I get started today, I just wanted to encourage everybody to join the ZorkCast Facebook group. You can then definitely follow up on any of these episodes, ask questions, or suggest topics for future episodes. Now, today's episode is called, It is All About Total Travel Time. But before I get to my quick talk about total travel time, it's important to understand the flight times airlines tell you on schedules. This is called the blocked time. Blocked is basically the time an airline lists for flight time from gate to gate. A definition that I think is pretty good from the Flight Stats website, and I'll list a link in the show notes, is that block time includes the time to taxi out to the runway, the actual flight duration, and the time to taxi to the arrival gate. But the published schedule for the flight doesn't break those elements apart. And that's important to to understand. When you start to look at flights, you'll basically see the blocked time. So there will be some variations between different flights on different airlines. For example... If you look at a Boston to Amsterdam nonstop flight, that's blocked somewhere between 6 hours and 51 minutes and 6 hours and 54 minutes. JFK to Amsterdam is blocked somewhere between 7 hours and 30 minutes and 7 hours and 15 minutes. What's important to understand is that on many of these international flights, the actual duration of the flight time is shorter than they expect. So you will be arriving, your total travel time will actually be shorter than the blocked time. And that's sort of important to understand because you need to be able to use that to take into account if it makes sense to take a flight that is a different routing that involves a connection or a stopover instead of a nonstop flight. Now, one of the reasons why I refused to switch to One World when I was living in Amsterdam is that American Airlines at that time didn't have any nonstop – well, they still don't have any nonstop flights to Boston. And in order to use one of the best features of American Airlines' top-tier status, which are system-wide upgrades, you could only use them on American Airlines Metal. Now, when you say American Airlines Metal, that means that American Airlines might – list an American Airlines flight number for a British Airways flight, like from London to Boston, but it's actually operated by British Airways. So the upgrade instruments that were supplied by American Airlines could only be used on planes that were actual American Airlines planes. So that meant at that time, if I wanted to eventually be able to use those eight upgrades and my number one travel destination was Boston, I would have to fly from Amsterdam to London London to JFK, and then JFK to Boston, with London to JFK being the potential American Airlines metal flight that I could upgrade on. 
So I would basically be taking a flight that would be nonstop of seven or eight hours to Boston and making it potentially 15 hours or more. And that was something that I didn't think was reasonable. And of course, that's part of my looking at your total travel time and analyzing that when you make your choices. And that is usually not a choice that I will make. Now, I do understand that when you're redeeming frequent flyer miles, you sometimes need to make those kind of choices. So it's just important to keep all of that in perspective. And this is also something that you keep into pers- in perspective when you're flying on U.S. domestic flights, because a Boston or a New York flight nonstop to Las Vegas is going to be a much shorter total travel time than a flight with a connection. So it's always important to keep that in mind. It's also important to keep in mind that connections always introduce a possibility of something going wrong, like missing a connection. And obviously, the more connections you have, the more variables that you have. So you just have to take all of this all of this into account when you're planning your travel. And quite frankly, as much as I love premium cabins like First and Business Class on international flights, sometimes you would be better off taking a flight in a specific example from London to Boston nonstop in premium economy as opposed to business or first class instead of flying from let's say, London to JFK to Boston, because you really are adding a lot of time into the trip. And the segments are not that long for the premium cabin segment. So sometimes choosing something like premium economy is totally, totally valid when you're doing your comparisons. And on top of that, there are often times when if the premium economy cabin is not that full, you can really pay attention to the seat maps and potentially get an empty seat next to you in premium economy. And I would say, I hate saying this sometimes because I love business in first class, but I'd rather fly on Virgin in premium economy from London to Boston, especially with an empty seat, than fly in business class on almost any airline from London to JFK and then have to fly from, you know, connect and fly from JFK to Boston. So it is really a definitely a multi a multivariable situation when you're analyzing all of this. And that's just those are those things to take into account. Now, of course, for a leisure trip, redeeming miles, trying to keep your costs down, those are those are definitely valid variables that you will take into account when you're planning a trip. But I think you should sometimes really Really look at, you know, all of those variables and look at the total travel time, look at the blocked flight times and try to make a decision based on all of that data because business and first class is not always better than premium economy class. And of course, a lot of this varies on, on flight times and destinations and, and where you're flying. You know, that opinion might change on a, ultra long haul flight that's 14 hours or 17 hours, then the difference between premium economy and business class becomes much more extreme, especially with regard to lie flat seats. That's that's very important to understand. So that's basically my my thought for today. And I'd like to hear how you make decisions about 
which flights to choose and whether total travel time is the most important thing to you or whether maybe just price and staying loyal to a specific airline is more important to you. Or maybe being in business in first class is the most important priority and you rather spend more time traveling on your favorite airline because you can get an upgrade on that airline and fly in business in first class instead of in economy class or premium economy class on another airline. Well, until next time, have a great day. You've reached the end of your stay with us on this episode, but we encourage you to visit our website for more resources at TravelZork.com and to continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at TravelZork and Facebook.com slash TravelZork. Travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures right here on ZorkCast. Until next time, good luck.